This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and supporting listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click Donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter today. Ha-cha! Hey, this is Christopher Sabella, writer of Hearts Rob and Detective Comics, and welcome back in High Crimes. So many good books. Anyhow, uh, you're listening to The Two-Headed Nerd with Joe and Matt. I feel like I fuck this up. Am I allowed to say fuck? Broadcasting from the Ziggurat in Omaha, deep below the metro area, it's our pleasure to welcome you to episode 12 of the Two-Headed Nerd Combo Podcast. My name's Matt Baum. You know, most people feel like energized and special on their birthday. <laughs> oh, Not this guy. <laughs> like a troll that came out too early. Please, read the script. I'm Joe Patrick. Well, you didn't read the... Oh, you did. And I'm Joe Patrick. Together, we are the Two-Headed Nerd, two adult besties with more than... 80 combined years of comic book knowledge. Nearly 80 combined years. I don't know if it works like that, but all right. Yeah. Yeah. Bonded by an ancient curse and forced to discuss this week's comic book news and reviews for your listening pleasure. This week, Joey and I will pass on the latest Transformers flick to review 12 of this week's new comics. Then we'll visit the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, where we're communing with Blackheart and Neuron to discuss the GOP healthcare bill and the comics we're excited to read next week. And finally, we'll unleash the floodgates of the internet when we open up the phone lines and talk to you nerds for our cover-to-cover segment. But before we admit that Latvian hackers may have been behind the great THN hiatus of 2016, we better talk about this week's Nerd News! Nerd News. Matt, terrible news. Han Solo got fired. Shit! What did he do? <laughs> Lucasfilm has officially announced that Academy Award winning director. Han Solo, get in the office. We got to talk. <laughs> Ron Howard is taking over 2018's standalone Han Solo film. Lego movie directors Phil Lord and Christopher Miller were unexpectedly let go from the project earlier this week after several months of filming. So many months of filming, in fact, that we're pretty sure that the movie is only a few weeks from being finished. Yeah, like principal photography is done. With Lucasfilm citing creative differences. That old chestnut. What? According to a statement from the studio, filming will resume on July 10th. So they're not done filming, but they're getting there. Yeah. Originally an actor in some of TV's most iconic shows, Howard became known for many critically and financially successful films including Willow, Backdraft, Apollo 13, A Beautiful Mind, and Frost Nixon, which I have not seen. It was great. I will say after that, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Ron you know Howard shriveled a bit as of late. <laughs> uh, he also narrated and produced the beloved comedy series Arrested Development, which prompted every single person on the internet to make the exact same joke when the news hit on Thursday. Quote, I hope he narrates the Han Solo film like an episode of Arrested <laughs> <Totally>. Development. <laughs> what should have been just another day for Han. <laughs> uh, my, my favorite was uh, Han Solo. Quote, I've got a good feeling about this. End quote. Ron Howard. Quote, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Production officially began on the still untitled film. Spoilers. I'm pretty sure it's just going to be called Han Solo. On February 20th in London, the film stars Alden Aaron Reich as Han Solo, Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian, 
along with Woody Harrelson, Amelia Clark, Tandy Newton. The film is slated for a May 25th, 2018 release. That's just next year. What do you think about this? Let's look at Howard's most recent IMDb. And we're going to decide. Like, we're going to take history out of it because we know Ron Howard makes good movies. But let's look at his most recent Well, we films. can't take history out of it because you can't just say because the guy's made three bad movies in a row that he's a bad movie maker. What if he's made five bad movies in a row? What if we get to that number? Okay, without looking, would you agree that if you made five bad movies in a row, you'd be willing to say, I don't know if he's any good anymore? Yes or no? Yes or no? Answer before you look. No, because I don't. I think you judge a person by their entire oeuvre. We'll just call it a yes. Okay, let's call it a yes. I said literally no <laughs> is what I said. <laughs> We're going to call it a yes. Let's look. So directed by most recently Inferno, the third of the Tom Hanks Da Vinci Code movies. Is that a Tom Hanks? Yep. Movie? And we can, I think we can agree. Piece of shit. Those movies are hugely successful. Mm, the last one tanked. Completely tanked. Came in with a raging 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. Tanked. Uh, well, worldwide, worldwide, 220 million, 75 million budget. Yeah. Still not great. Before that. But not a failure. In the heart of the sea. The Moby Dick movie that was not the Moby Dick movie. Uh, yeah, the Chris Hemsworth movie. I watched this one because Chris Hemsworth and Cillian Murphy are in it, and I love both of those guys. And I've got a thing about British sea dramas. I don't know what it is. Ooh. It was not a good movie. This movie was an abject failure. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it had a production budget of $100 million. Mm -hmm. It made worldwide 93. Yeah, it tanked. Yeah, it, it was an actual failure. Right before that, Rush. Also Chris Hemsworth. I thought people liked that movie. It was not great. Um, it wasn't bad. And it was actually Daniel Bruhl, who also played Baron Zemo, was terrible in it. He had the weirdest German accent. Well, I mean, he's got an accent. I get it. But this was like, it, it was like a joke. It was so strange. <laughs> it was not a bad movie, but it also tanked. It didn't tank. It made $90 million. The budget was only 38. Well, well okay. Fair enough. But nobody saw it. Nobody cared. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, okay, we're going, we're, we're ticking down here. I'm not excited about Ron anymore. I'm sorry, but I'm not the dilemma. Do you even know what that is? No, but I also haven't seen the untitled the Luciano Pavarotti documentary. Vince Vaughn and Kevin James. Vince Vaughn and Kevin James. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, hey, guess what? 24% Rotten Tomatoes. That's four points better than the Inferno. Look, <laughs> but he also made Cinderella Man, and I he made A Beautiful it. Mind, and he made, it. like, he's she, made, the dude has made a number of very good movies. Those were all a long time ago, is what I'm saying. But, like, you don't forget how to make movies, man. That's Are you not how it works. Maybe you do, okay? Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, like, Are I, you excited about Ron Howard directing a Han Solo yes, film? Yes. You are. Yes, I am. I'm worried. Because I like Ron Howard. I'm a little worried. I'm not saying I've liked everything the guy's ever done. I'm not even saying that the last few things have interested me at all. It also worries but, me a little bit in the sense that there seems to be a lot of this going on. It happened in Rogue One as well, where they reshot a bunch of stuff and changed. Now, that worked out for the better. Right. We all got worried. Well, and, and they did, didn't fire Gareth Edru Ed Edwards? Gareth Edwards. Gareth Edwards. He did not get fired, but somebody definitely went over his head and said, we got to change some stuff. Like Disney did this exact same thing with the Ant-Man movie. Yeah. Edgar Wright was going to make an Ant-Man movie, which I'm sure would have been great. Probably. But it wasn't the Ant-Man movie that Disney and Marvel wanted. Right. And I'm not saying that corporate interests should trump artistic interests, but we're talking about Star Wars here. It's the biggest film franchise in the entire known universe. Yes. 
no matter what Lucasfilm says about like wanting to breathe new life into the franchise, they want to make Star Wars movies that right. people recognize and as Star Wars. And if that's what this is, if they're being very careful and that's why this needed to be done, look, they have not dropped the ball yet. So right. I trust them. I just think Ron Howard is a weird choice. Everybody else has been these young directors, the these up and comers that we have done really cool shit recently. And then you go to Ron Howard, who is very old school, old Hollywood. You know, I, I, it just, it's odd. It's an odd choice. You agree with that statement? I actually don't. I don't, really? I don't think it's odd. I think, I think when I saw Ron Howard, I was like, oh, they picked one of, like if they had said Steven Spielberg was going to make the Han Solo movie, right. I would have been like, makes sense to me. It just, it just, they picked like one else- of the most well-known directors in Hollywood to make this movie, and of course like they did. Everybody else was a bunch of like J.J. Abrams, Young Guns type, you know. Sure, I don't know. and I get it. Lord and Miller, I like those guys a lot. They make good movies. Sure, the Twenty One Jump Street movies are hilarious. Lego yeah. Movie is amazing. Yeah, but maybe comedy is what they do, and action right, is not and it. it's just if this is just a case of Lucasfilm saying, you know what, it's just not what we wanted. It's not the direction we wanted. I can't fault them for that. Sure, can't. I don't want to fault Lucasfilm because they're protecting their property. But I don't think they're going to churn out a bad movie. No, I, I don't either. I just think Ron Howard is an odd choice. I think time will tell. We'll I agree. See. I agree with you that his last handful of projects have not exactly lit the world on fire. But so we agree he's the, not a good director guy, anymore. That's that's what that's you said. Not what there I said. Is. Let's just but he has earned, agree he has agree, earned a lifetime of the of benefit of the doubt based on the works he's done. Okay, you heard it. Joe said it. Ron Howard sucks now. Well, we knew it was coming sooner or later, and here it is. HBO is reportedly trying to develop a TV series based on Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons' legendary DC Comics series, Watchmen. All the major Hollywood trades are reporting the Leftovers creator Damon Lindelof is in very early talks to develop the adaptation. According to Deadline, the project is very premature in the early deal-making phase, Uh, and nothing has closed. One may also (laughs) say that they probably shouldn't be reporting on this at all as news. This would be the second adaptation following Zack Snyder's 2009 film, though he had a preliminary talks with HBO in 2014 and 2015 about the potential TV adaptation. Snyder is reportedly not attached to this new iteration of the project. Fine. Do we need an HBO Watchmen? Um, Look, I like Zack Snyder's Watchmen. I really enjoyed it. I do too. I like I think the it's a good movie. ending of the movie better than the ending of the comic. I agree. I did. Yes, I agree. I don't know that we need a series. And is this series just going to be an adaptation? Or is it going to be like... Are they going to do more? Are they, I mean, That's the we don't thing, know anything. right? It's like they're kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't. Right. Because if they're just doing an adaptation of Watchmen in serial form, well, we've had yeah. that. What's the point? Uh, if they're doing new stories about the Watchmen character set in the Watchmen universe, don't care. Yeah, DC did that a while ago. Not interested. Everybody talked mad shit. I will say a lot of more. Some of very them were good. good. Yeah. Um, did it need to be done? I still say no. I, yes, I agree. Yeah. Right now, I don't really care about the idea of new Watchmen stories. Yeah, I don't either. But if it's a good show, of course I'm going to watch it. I mean, there's plenty of... Uh, I, I'm just saying there's I'm plenty of I'm willing to be convinced, I guess. There's plenty of other Alan Moore stories that they could do. Like, I didn't need a new series... I didn't need a new show set in the world of 
Westworld either, but we got one and it was amazing. Well, but it's also a whole new take on the idea. Right. You know, like that's different. And I don't want a whole new take on Watchmen. I, d- I wouldn't want anything like that. I just, there are lots of arguments to be made about creators' rights and how DC treated Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. This is separate from that. Yeah, all that aside. Where I'm at is that I think Watchmen stands alone. Yes. Uh, adaptations, I get. Um, and we got it. It already happened. Prequel. I'm looking at the, right. the DVD. Right prequels now. and sequels. Nobody was clamoring for that. Yeah. Nobody was clamoring for it. Having them in the DC universe is an idea that I only find interesting because I am so curious about how they're going to do it. Yeah, I want to see how that comes off. But ultimately, when it all said and done, do I need Man- Dr. Manhattan in the DC universe? The answer is no. Right. So I just wish that DC would, I wish that they would follow, you know, their better angels and just leave well enough alone. Bury this dead horse. Right. <laughs> Please. Um, that said, Damon Lindelof, uh, again, you want to talk about people that make some really good things and some really bad things. Yeah. Anybody involved in Lost is right up on that list. But the name Damon Lindelof does get my attention. Yeah, he's very talented. I'm sure he, he could do a great job of this. I'm just saying I don't need it. And I've heard that the, uh, the Leftovers is amazing. Yeah, I know people that love it. I tried the first season and lost interest, but I heard it, it was great. Yeah, so, so I, I, we will see. This is one of those things where time will tell. Yeah. Um, but I can't say that I'm pumped about it. I'd rather see top 10. That'd be so cool. Top 10 HBO Give series. Give Alan Moore something else to be mad about. Man, he's already, who cares? He's something ever, new. He's mad about everything. Yeah. <laughs> the big comic news for this week was supposed to be all about Marvel Legacy, but Marvel bungled that so badly that we're talking about the John Wick comic instead. Is that Fuck all right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. I have it on good authority that we'll be talking plenty about Legacy in our cover to cover segment. Dynamite has announced a new series bringing the world of the hit film franchise John Wick to comics. Launching in September, the series will focus on the heretofore unknown origin of the titular tortured hitman. Perfect. I know. When a young John Wick emerges from prison and embarks upon his first epic vendetta, he comes up against a strange, powerful community of assassins and must learn how to master the book of rules that guides their lethal business. What are the three bills? Who is Calamity? And who was John Wick before he became the Baba Yaga? I wish it was who are the three bills. For those of you that have been living in a damn cave, the John Wick film franchise launched in 2014 and follows the titular hero. That's two uses of the word titular this episode so far. Nice titulars. A, de- <laughs> a deadly hitman. As you see. <laughs> That's got to be the title of this Yeah, show. you got nice it. Nice titulars. As he seeks vengeance for the death of a loved one, Keanu Reeves stars as the titular protagonist, three titulars, <laughs> and the films have grossed over $250 million worldwide to date. The comic series will be written by self-proclaimed Keanu Reeves superfan and totally awesome Hulk writer Greg Pak. A totally titular Hulk writer. <laughs> with art from relative unknown Giovanni Valletta. Valletta graduated the Joe Kubert School in 2012, oh. and his work has been seen in the pages of Pathfinder and Dark Horse Presents. Now, Matt, you and I are both huge fans of the John Wick films. Is the comic going to be a worthy addition to the franchise? Well, this is exactly what we were just talking about with Watchmen. Watchmen is something that does not need any more help. John Wick has an entirely unexplored past sure the john wickiverse and world you know that is very interesting that you can flesh out in comics yes i want to read this i like greg pack i think he'll probably do a great job of this giovanni valletta is very good 
I have seen his work the in both covers, Pathfinder. The covers. And Dark Horse Presents. Uh, the John Wick art that has come out so far is wonderful. Yeah. He nails the likeness without it being distracting. It's so good. And the good part is there's just enough to pay attention to in the movies that it's almost impossible to get it wrong. You know what I mean? Nice titulars. If you can stay in the feel of the character and the film, great. There's plenty to dig into. Yeah. It should be fun every month. Hard one to screw up. Love right. It. Right. This is what you should be doing. Yes, I agree. And like, yeah, John Wick is um, a world that they have built that has relatively little fleshed out. Yeah. And so it is ripe for like exploration. Sure. Uh, they've just announced that they are developing a John Wick TV show based on the hotel. The hotel. Yeah. And I am all in. Totally I'm great. All in. Totally great. It doesn't even have to have John Wick in it. No, it could just be anthology type stuff where it's like we're following this guy this time. We're following the, this guy this time. Get the get the guy from Fringe, the oh, concierge. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's great. Uh, like he's not doing anything on the regular. No. He's let been him, on TV. Let him be your narrator. Let him be your crypt keeper. Oh, my you God. Know? <laughs> It'd be perfect. Ah, I'm excited. He should have axed someone for some help. <laughs> so stupid. I can't wait. I love John Wick. I think this comic looks awesome. Yeah. I like great. Greg Pak. Absolutely. Best comic news of the week. Suck it, Marvel. I'll kill them all. Of course you will. That's the big news for this week. If you'd like to discuss these stories and everything we missed, head over to the Two-Headed Nerd Forums Big News section. You know what else you can find at the Two-Headed Nerd Forums? You can find the Question of the Week. Every Sunday, the Richard Cunningham, the My Fonzie, Joe Patrick posts the Question of the Week in everyone's favorite digital nerd sanctuary, the aforementioned THN Forums. Joey Patrick, what are we asking the nerds this week? Well, man, I'm glad you asked. I don't know. <laughs> But I do, but I know who does know, oh. and that is our friend from the Great White North. That's right. It's a postcard from De Orca. Take it away, De Orca. Dear Jason Aaron, writer of several comic book series that I very much enjoy Southern Bastards, The Goddamned, Scalped, Weird World, etc. You've kind of pissed me off and made me giddy all at the same time. As you know, being a loyal THN listener and all, last month I finally got fed up and dumped your chief employer, Marvel Comics, after 40 plus years ago and steady. Now, thanks to you, Don't break I'm dropping Orca. by her place at least once a month for breakup sex. <laughs> and that nasty, glorious deed is called Thor. See, after my breakup, I got caught up on a lot of books that had in my funnies wine cellar. Books you know are great, so for some strange reason you stash them and instead try to make decisions about lesser books by staying up to date. Stupid, I know, but we all do it. Anyways, I picked up Thor, God of Thunder number one, and have been on a Jason Aaron Thor binge ever since. Holy fuck, sir. You are amazing. Yes. From the God Butcher to the God Bomb, the last days of Midgard, and the best Galactus fight of all time, to the mighty Thor herself. From Unworthy to the War Thor surprise just this last week, it has been a ride like no other. Now I have very few runs in my personal collection that I will never ever part with, and chief among them is Walt Simonson's Thor. But Mr. Aaron... 
You are the new heavyweight champion. The belt is yours. I'm borrowing this gimmick from the podfather himself, Bill Simmons, but it's just so fitting. Thirty-plus years ago, Walt took that belt from Stan and Jack. Beta Ray Bill, the amazingly kinetic artwork, his character building, all cemented Mr. Simonson as the definitive Thor creator. But now he has been surpassed. Dissenters, and there will be a few, will say this isn't fair because Simonson wrote and drew his issues. And I'm taking that into account. But he didn't draw all of them. We forget now in our fog of nostalgia. But several of those issues were drawn by Sal Basima, Big John Basima's Freddo. <laughs> we also forget that many of the issues Freddo. were fun, but less than epic. Sure, your run has had a few less impressive arcs. I'm thinking of The Accursed, which was cute, but hopefully just meant for us to catch our breath between blockbusters. I would also say that your pairing of Asad Ribic and now Russell Dowderman to the tone of the stories they did were perfect, and you should get credit for some of that. Right up there with Wald's stuff, really, in terms of quality. So your books certainly aren't a step down in the art department. I also want to point out your longevity. We are now in year five of your story, and hopefully we're nowhere near finished. You just don't see that anymore. And due to the new Marvel M.O. of having a new volume start so frequently, I think people don't think about it as often. That's, that's true. Add up all your Thor stories, and we're well past other famous Thor runs. Also, I would be amiss if I didn't mention the characters you've brought us. Roz Solomon, my favorite S.H.I.E.L.D. agent since Steranko's Nick Fury. Yeah. Gore the God Butcher. Oh. The three Thors from different times. His granddaughters. You've also reimagined or built upon several old favorites. The Minotaur. Fucking rad. Yeah. You like the troll. Old Galactus. Beta Ray came back. Jane Foster. Holy fuck. And of course, the coolest versions of Tooth Nasher and Tooth Grinder ever. Oh, without a doubt. A lot of characters, you could debate who the reigning champ is. Batman has numerous contenders. Hopefully any Superman conversation includes Dan Jurgens. Flash could be Wade or it could be Johns. Hellblazer would be quite the debate. Mm. Hulk, I could be sold on Jones or Pack or David. Sounds like a great idea for the question of the week. Oh, we got there. But as for Thor, let it be known across the nine realms that the champ is you. Kiss, kiss, the orca. Heavyweight champions. That's what we're discussing. Pick a character. Pick the heavyweight champion creator that wrote that character. And... I cannot argue with him. I think Jason Aaron's <laughs> Thor has been the best Thor run I've ever read. And uh, I love Walt. I'm gonna I'm gonna add a wrinkle okay. to the heavyweight champion thing. I don't because we've had favorite, you know, we've had favorite creator X on whatever book question type before. This I want to do what what heavyweight creator came in and surpassed 
the legendary creators that came before them. Oh, like took the belt. Yes. Oh, fair. I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because you agree, we've done that sort of yeah, question before. Like Jack like, Kirby. Jack Kirby's a heavyweight. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Like in the vein of the Orcus call, Jason Aaron came in and said, right. "Hey, Walt Simonson, you did a great job, but I'm the champ." Okay. Which comic creator came in and, and took the belt and put their own stamp on a character, surpassing in your mind legendary runs that came before? I love it. You can call the Ziggurat hotline, 402-819-4894. Leave a message there. You can also email your MP3 to 2 nerd at gmail.com. You've got two minutes to make your case. We'll cut you off. If you want to win internet friends and impress internet people, just call That's us. what we did last time. Sorry, I forgot to change Who that. Who cares? Okay, fine, fine, fine. If you want to win internet friends and impress internet people, you can call us live next week at the aforementioned Ziggurat hotline or just click the call now button on our Facebook page. According to the Facebook statistics that I just got earlier today, two new people clicked the call new hey, call now button this cool. week. Cool. If you need more than two minutes, head over to the THN web forums and join our shark jumping throng of listeners in the discussion. The forums are where the sausage of this show gets made, and god damn is it nerdy. Let me tell you. But this is a good one. There's some real it's discussion. A good, that's here. a good question, Orca. And you know what? When he said that thing about Marvel's constant relaunching, making it easy to forget that Jason Aaron has been on this book for five years. Yeah. He's totally right. It, it never occurred to me. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be like one of the longest Thor runs I can think of. I mean, other than Stan Lee. Yeah, right? Yeah. Jesus. I love this question. I love it. I left me in. Why? I sing. Look, people, it is time for America to come to its senses and acknowledge the false flag fake news that is the Transformers movie franchise. Now, for just a minute, I want you to ask yourself, have you seen any of the last six Transformers films? Better yet, do you know anyone who has? I'm not trying to venture into Alex Jones territory here, but I have not seen any convincing evidence that these movies even exist. Transformers Age of Extinction supposedly hit theaters in 2014 and supposedly garnered an 18% score on Rotten Tomatoes. But I ask you, where are the victims of this film? Do you know anyone who saw it? I certainly don't, and I'm pretty far from convinced that there's a new Transformers film opening this weekend. Can Jetfire melt steel beams? So I'm asking our listeners to fight the fake media, raise your fist to the deep state, while Joe and I review 12 more of this week's new comics in a defiant stand against the lamestream media. Sad. My fellow Americans, here is something you can believe in. This is the Ludicrous Speed Round. Ludicrous Speed. Yeah. Go. Whole speech. Conspiratorial shit. Heartthrob season two, number one from Oni. It's 32 pages. It costs three ninety nine. Christopher Sabella and Robert Wilson the Fourth are back, and so is Callie, the heart transplant recipient turned retired bank robber who has fled to Canada with her new anarchist pals and turned her back on Mercer, her lover slash sleazy Jiminy Cricket slash heart donor. Yeah, more on that in Heartthrob Volume 1 on Woo! sale now for just $9.99. <laughs> that is a ride. <laughs> but Callie can't stay away from the life of a thief for long, and she gets pulled into what may be her craziest, riskiest job yet. Look, Heartthrob is weird, high concept, crime slash love story, and I can't get enough of it. Sabella's characters all sing with individual voices brought to feathered bell-bottom life by the wonderful art of Robert Wilson IV. Volume 1 of the series is a steal at 10 bucks. Snag it, get caught up, 
and then follow Callie, Scout, and their friends into another new caper. I'm glad Heartthrob's back for a new season. I am too. It's crazy. Huge buy it. Shirtless bear fighter number one from Image, the comic that produces onomatopoeia after onomatopoeia. It's true. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Fun fact, if you search the term shirtless on the Diamond Retailer site, you'll discover an alarming amount of shirtless Jacob from Twilight and shirtless <laughs> Joker from Suicide Squad memorabilia. <laughs> Gross. You perverts. Regardless, Image's perfectly titled shirtless bear fighter lives up to the height, and I would call it the most important comic about a man fighting superpowered bears ever written. Fair. This is absurdist comic comedy at its best, featuring a man that God made too tough for clothes, raised by bears, and sworn to fight bears. I cannot say It all enough. makes sense at the end. <laughs> I know. I can't say enough about how much I love this comic, and if you don't, I will strip naked, come to your house, and kick your ass. He'll do it. Shirtless Bear Fighter gets the biggest, most macho bear punching by it I can possibly give a comic. I hope to hell they find a way for this guy to kick the shit out of Grizzly Shark and Sea Bear. Oh, well... <laughs> I mean, only sea bear, I guess, because grizzly shark is a shark. Hey, he's part bear. It's right there. He's just a shark in the forest. Don't you want to see what happens when a shark gets punched? I mean, yeah. An apple and an adventure hardcover from Archaea. 32 pages. It's $14.99. I know what you're thinking. Yeah. Uh, this is not my normal, this is not a normal ludicrous speed round pick, but this came with our review issues this week, and it was a quick read, so here we are. Writer-artist Martin Sandreda uses rhyme and the ABCs to create an engaging world of wonder that's educational and fun. Like it's rap a, music. Yeah. <laughs> it's about a young cave girl and her triceratops friend setting out on an adventure from A to Z, making new friends, galloping goliaths, nine newts, petite pleosaurs. Plesiosaurs. Plesiosaurs. <laughs> and more. It's all beautifully drawn. It's got a sense of fun and melancholy. So is this like a creationist tale featuring the ABCs or what? like Jesus riding dinosaurs and shit? Or no, what do we got? Jesus riding dinosaurs. <laughs> it's got this, uh, it's super fun. And it's also got a sense of melancholy for the adults that are paying enough attention. Uh, and you'll quickly realize that the story takes place in a far future oh. adventure time style post-apocalypse rather than a prehistoric wonderland. Because there's derelict robots littering the landscape and uh, reborn dinosaurs. And they serve as a playground for the girl and her and her dinosaur buddies. Sounds adorable. It's obviously not something that I would recommend to the average Wednesday warrior. But if you're a parent with very young children, an apple and an adventure is a wonderful addition to your nightly story time. It's a nice hardcover. You're giving this a skip it? Because it's $15. Like... Uh, Somebody that wants the latest issue of Secret Empire is not going to well, go. Yeah, yeah, but it's. Uh, like you've got you an apple in it. I do, but it's got a very specific audience. Is what you got to give us a buy it. No. Yeah, you spelled out the audience. It's for people with kids. But a skim it's it. A buy it. A skim it is not a negative. I'm saying it's a skim it because it's going to appeal to a very focused group of people. It's a ton of fun. If you got a little kid, this is why I love our rating system. Right. They don't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> Batman number 25 from DC. I almost said Batman number 25 from Batman. No. It's 40 pages for $3.99. Writer Tom King finally reveals the flashback story that is the war of jokes and riddles. I mean, have we been waiting to hear it? Well, they keep talking about it okay. in his run. They've talked about it several times. All right, all right. Which sees, you guessed it, the Joker and the Riddler teaming up to kill the Batman. The results are virtually flawless, much like the rest of King's Batman work and... Mikhail Jannon's pencils are just Michael, right? 
I would say Mike. He just spells Mikey it weird. Jan, yeah. Mikey Jannon's pencils bring new chilling life to both of these bat villains. Of course, we know that bats outsmarts the two and survives, yada, yada, yada. But King still manages to bring real stakes to the story and makes both the Joker and the Riddler far more terrifying than they've been in years without having anyone having to get their face cut off. This was pitch-perfect Batman storytelling revisiting two of Bat's oldest villains without any new extreme bells or whistles. Well done, gentlemen. Buy it. You're being a little generous to the rest of Tom King's Batman run, but... I really <laughs> like Tom King's Batman uh, It's pretty up and down, but... What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Black Hammer 19 from Dark Horse, 32 pages for $3.99. Black Hammer is a superhero comic that almost defies description. It simultaneously denies and embraces superhero tropes from the Golden Age to today... This issue flashes back to Abraham Slam as an aging hero in the 90s. I love that name. I know. <laughs> trying to keep up with the times in a Liefeldian costume that renders him all but unrecognizable. He can't even move. <laughs> For all the pouches and shoulder pads. Each issue is a deep dive into the guts of superhero fiction from the last 70 years, all set against the backdrop of an idyllic town that serves as a weird prison for the heroes of yesteryear. Jeff Lemire and Dean Ormston absolutely kill it with each new issue as layers of mystery are slowly pulled back. I never want it to end, but I know it eventually has to, and I'm dying to know what the hell's going on. Fair enough. Black Hammer number 10 gets an absolute buy it from me. Track down the back issues digitally or at your local comic shop. Get caught up. You won't regret it. I'm catching up this weekend. I'm doing it. There. Spectacular Spider-Man number one from Marvel for 40 pages for $4.99. Stop me if I'm wrong here, but I thought this was supposed to be the series for those who were tired of Dan Slott's Spidey taking over for Tony Stark in the pages of Amazing Spidey. It was. I'll be the first to admit, I still love Slott's book, but I was a little confused to find this title, as the solicit calls it, a companion series to Amazing Spider-Man. Did I miss something? Yes. With that said... I really enjoyed Ryder Chip Zdarsky. It's like I'm not even here. Shut your mouth. <laughs> I really enjoyed Ryder Chip Zdarsky's humorous take on Pete, but there wasn't much to set this apart from Amazing Spidey. I disagree. I count myself as a hardcore Adam Kubert fan, but I have to admit, this was not Adam at his I disagree. I, there was a very 90s feel to this story that took me aback, but also left me wondering, why is Spidey's knee so pointy? And what's up with that guy's face? I love that the Tinkerer <laughs> has a giant brother with Elvis hair. Yeah, it's great. I guess so. And no spoilers, but what the fuck is up with that last page? Spectacular Spidey number one was fun, and maybe it's more the same, but I'll take it. I had a good time. It was different in tone. Different there in was no, like, super science. Definitely different in tone. I just thought it this was... It was a total throwback to, like, classic... Like, he swung through New York and yeah. randomly met other superheroes. I get it. I guess I thought this was going to be completely removed from Like, you wanted it to start with him walking away from the burning rubble of Parker Industries. I don't that's know. That's not what it's about. Something. Aquaman, number 25, DC from 40 pages. I gave it a buy it. Screw you. It's $3.99. <laughs> Aquaman takes a visual leap of several orders of magnitude yeah. with the addition of artist Stepian Sedgwick. I'm going to how to pronounce Sufjan Stevens. Arthur has been dethroned and extremists now rule the kingdom of Atlantis. Assumed dead, Aquaman becomes the Batman of Atlantis, working in the shadows to protect the innocent from the new king's tyrannical rule. This issue also reintroduces a classic character from Aquaman's long history. If you haven't been reading this book, now is the perfect chance to jump on. Cedric's art is beyond gorgeous. Almost too gorgeous for this title, quite frankly. And Dan Abnett has been weaving a tense political thriller tinged with superheroics that starts off in a compelling new direction. Aquaman is one of DC Rebirth's sleeper hits, and I hope 
that the attention a creator like Cedric brings elevates the title in the eyes of DC fans. Buy it. Stepan. Stepan. It's from Bulgaria. Cedric. There you go. Stepan. It's like Bulgarian Steven. There you go. Lobo Roadrunner Special. Can we just call him Steve from Bulgaria? No. Steve from Bulgaria. <laughs> it's 48 pages for $4.99. Remember Kelly Jones, the artist famous for making Batman's ears on his cow three feet tall? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love him too. Guess what he's doing now? What's that? Yeah. The Lobo Roadrunner Special. That envisions Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner as government experiments using alien DNA on animals to better understand generic aliens or something. Writer Bill Morrison tries to smash some humor into this ill-thought-out tale, but none of it works at all, especially the flashbacks that show Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunners past before they became alien hybrids, but were still the WB characters we know and love, kinda, because they were just normal animals that held up signs that said funny stuff. Like, it, they just lost this. They lost it all together. Oh, and Lobo shows up. This was bad. <laughs> Poorly executed, written, and a waste of your time and money. I love Kelly Jones, but even his art was wasted here. Bill Morrison, creator of Bongo Comics, Bill I Morrison? I guess. I appreciate that Joe loved the Bugs Bunny Legion crossover, but the Lobo Roadrunner special did not work for me at all. Leave it. Oh, boy. Crosswind, number one from Image. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Gail Simone and artist Cat Stags team up for their first ever Image comic series, which just seems weird that it would be Gail Simone's first ever Image book, but it is. I guess. Yeah, the last thing she did uh, was Dark Horse was the her creator own She's thing. She's done yeah, Dark Horse, yeah. Dynamite, yeah. but yeah, never Image. Go figure. Crosswind is, according to the solicit, Freaky Friday meets Goodfellas. As a ruthless hitman switches bodies with a hapless, verbally abused housewife, it seems like a great idea on paper, and Simone's script spends a lot of time getting you into the minds and lives of the main characters in an effort to make you care when the big switch happens at the end. The problem is, it didn't work. I didn't find anything about either one of the main characters to latch onto, so I ultimately had no interest in what happened to them. I've gone on record as being a huge Gail Simone fan in the past, but I have to admit, it has been a long time since her work has really grabbed me. I was thinking about this the other day. I mean, I hate to say it. Yeah. And I don't want to pile on. It's our job to say it. We it's have true. to say it. It's true. And I don't want to pile on, but I really do not like Kat Staggs' art. I don't. I don't either. It's She's a digital painter. She relies on obvious photo reference. And the end result of her work comes off as traced, but with heavy, heavy, heavy-handed digital effects. All things we've said about male creators. To the point the of thing. distraction. By the way, just throwing that out there. Well, You don't have to point that out there. Nobody's saying anything. I'm mansplaining it for you. You don't need to mansplain it for anybody. Look, I didn't say I hate Cat Stag. Look, little girl. I hate female comic book artists. <laughs> trying to help you out here, sweetheart. Okay? <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, basically, it's like Greg Land with way more Photoshop. Yeah. I, it's... I, I don't like it. I'm sorry. Got it. Joe hates women. Go I ahead. really wanted to like this. The more I think about it, the more I really didn't. And so, unfortunately, I'm giving Crosswind number one a leave it. I didn't even finish it. I read some of it and stopped. <sighs> Doctor Strange, number 22 for Marvel. It's 32 pages for $3.99. I've been a big fan of Dennis Hopeless since reading his Avengers Arena back in 2013. Here, he's playing on the Secret Empire event that has New York plunged into the Dark Dimension, which just happens to be a situation that Wilson Fisk, the kingpin of crime, had planned for. Oh, boy. Now Doc Strange, Spider-Woman, and Fisk are forced to team up for a delightful story with absolutely incredible art by Nico Heinrichon. And there's no way I'm saying that right. 
I get it. Some of you are mad at the Secret Empire event, but there is good storytelling here. And this Doc Strange Kingpin team up is a scream. I'm giving Doctor Strange number 22 a huge buy it. It was so much fun. WMD. Weapons of Mutant Destruction Alpha number one. God, that title. Why is it Alpha and number one? Seriously, you guys. <laughs> it's like saying the first annual. You don't need to do it. You just say the first. From Marvel, 40 pages for $4.99. Ryder Greg Pack teams with artist Mahmoud Azrar for the first installment of this crossover between Weapon X and the totally awesome Hulk. Pack and Azrar defy expectations <laughs> in this issue. Noise? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, they defy expectations in this issue, at least for a little bit, as the cast, as they cast the agents of the Weapon X program as real human beings with real motivations. The opening sequence, as they uh, wind through the Weapon X complex, is actually really fun to that read. That was great, yeah. And from there, it just descends into typical crossover territory, mm -hmm. as Old Man Logan's group teams with Amadeus Cho to learn more about the villainous agency. While fighting a group of cybernetically enhanced cats. Yeah, cats. Ugh. Robot cats. That's as bad as Hulk dogs. It's that bad. Uh, Greg Pak has a firm handle on each of these characters, and Azrar's art is dynamic and evocative. But still, it just it gets boring as the story descends into talking heads territory. I'm giving Weapons of Mutant Destruction Alpha a skimmit, only because it drew me in with the opening sequence. I just hope that the rest of the story gets more exciting. I'm giving it a leave it, and I didn't care, and I don't care about Weapon X. I don't care about the cybernetic, the return of new Reavers that can be anything and turn into killing machines, and Old Man Logan is too chummy with everybody, and nothing about this is working for me. Nothing. It, this feels Look, like... Man, that, I mean, that's fair. More Marvel treading water. That's it, all it is. That's fair. X-Files Origins 2... Dog Days of Summer, number one yeah. of four yes. from IDW. It's 32 pages for $3.99. You know what an old school X-Files fan like myself doesn't need? Uh, the or A cartoony adventure featuring the origins of Mulder and Scully? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> on the it's Here we get uh, Mulder on the case following a mystery of a young deaf girl following a strange signal and a young Scully in action looking into a plane crash tied to a man she helped put in jail. With art that's less cartoonish, but not as good as the first story. IDW is doing their damnedest to recapture the magic of last year's X-Files Origins, which was legitimately fun. But I think I reviewed X-Files Origins number one yeah. and said the exact same thing. I don't need like Scooby-Doo style Mulder right. running around. And I read it and I, it was actually kind of fun, but leave that alone. We're done. We don't need to go back to it. This one felt forced as hell and completely unnecessary. I'm saying leave it. It was just a waste of time. Bear punch! That is your ludicrous speed round, and bear punch is the sound of a punch so huge it can only be safely delivered to a bear. By a certified shirtless bear fighter. Fair enough. This Automata P of the Week is brought to you by Mr. Stephen Fino, our master of coin via Twitter. If you want to submit some mammal smacking onomatopoeia, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email to editor.gmail.com. And if you need more speedy reviews of this week's comics featuring more animal abuse, head over to twoheadednerd.com and check out the outrageously hung Aaron Myers. Wow. Ludicrous speed round. I bet he's never been... 
freak. Described that way before. He's got something different down there. If you know what I mean. Uh, two things. You called it, again, the two-headed nerd.com. I know. Which is not the name of our website. It is, it's like the Ohio State. We are oh, okay. the two-headed nerd.com. And also, Stephen Fino submitted his onomatopoeia via email, not via Twitter. Oh, who cares? Not that it matters. I don't care. Guess I just, what? I just like... Don't care. I just like picking your nits. <laughs> This week in the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, Matt and I have summoned two of the authors of the latest GOP healthcare bill, the son of Mephisto, Blackheart, and DC's weak attempt at a Satan-type figure, Neron. He's the worst. Though he does have canny fashion sense. <laughs> I'll give him that. <laughs> Gentlemen, we can go into the finer points of writing a bill that even a monster like Trump calls mean later. But before we begin bickering, why don't we talk about some comics we're excited to read next week? Very good. I'm picking Secret Weapons. Number one from Valiant. It is written by Eric Heisserer. Heisserer. Yeah, It's not that hard. There's not even that many S's. Art by Raoul Allen with 32 pages for $3.99. Academy Award nominated screenwriter Eric Heisserer, who wrote The Arrival, a movie we both very much like. Yeah, good. Joins Harvey Award nominated artist Raoul Allen, who did Wrath of the Eternal Warrior, which was beautiful, for Valiant's next prestige format limited series starring Livewire and an extraordinary new team of heroes. The government has dispatched Amanda McKee, the technopath codenamed Livewire, to investigate the ruins of a secret facility formerly run by Toyo Harada, the most powerful telepath on Earth, and her former mentor. In his quest for world betterment at any cost, Harada sought out and activated many potential psyots like himself. Those who survived, but whose powers he deemed to have no value to his cause, were hidden away at an installation. But Livewire, having studied Harada's greatest strengths and learned his deepest weaknesses, senses opportunity where he once saw failure. A young girl who can talk to birds. A boy who can make inanimate objects gently glow. To others, these are expensive failures. But to Livewire, they're secret weapons. In need of a leader, now, as a mechanized killer called Rexo seeks to follow them out. Livewire and her new team of cadets will be forced to put their powers into action in ways they could have never imagined. This is going to be great. That was quite a solicit. Yeah. That Valiant was like three paragraphs. Fuck around with their solicitations. And I'll tell you what, if you're a little bummed out on the new Generation X, read Livewire. Secret Weapons. Yeah, read Secret Weapons, just like I said. <laughs> and I am a little bummed out on the new Generation X. What? It's weak. It's fine. It's weak. No, it's fun. Joe like Patrick, it. what's your pick? No, you don't. I do. My pick for next week is either called Bank Shot or Blank Shot. Yeah, we're not really sure. Depending on who you ask, but... Everyone can agree that it's issue number one, and it's from Dark Horse Comics. Written by Alex DeCampi, with art by Criss Cross. Love that guy. 32 pages for $3.99. Here is your solicit. Marcus King, modern-day Robin Hood or terrorist? Maybe both? When Marcus comes face-to-face with an adversary who knows all of his carefully buried truths, he's forced to become the man he has always pretended to be and punch a small army of dudes and blow stuff up. Lots of stuff. Blow up stuff. Lots of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's the solicit. I'm in. I don't care. Criss Cross has drawn it. I'm in. I like Alex Campy a lot. Although I love Criss Cross. It's famously kind of a jerk from what I've heard. Uh, Hard to work with. Yeah, but you know what? He draws real pretty. Yeah, he so. does. He draws real pretty. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. The THN Trade of the Week goes to Motro, Volume 1 from Oni Press. It's, it's written by Ulysses Farinas and Eric Freitas. Farinas also on the art. It's 112 pages 
for 10 bucks. Dang. That's like one cent a page. Cheap as free. That might be less than one cent a page. Sears or Solicit, a reclusive young boy with superhuman strength tries to live up to the expectations of his dead father in a fantastic world of mechs and monsters and little talking motorcycles. What will it take to fulfill his destiny? From illustrator and intricate world builder, Ulysses Farinas. IDW's Judge Dredd comes the first chronicle of the life and legend of a fantasy hero for the ages. We've talked about Motro in the past. It's sort of like the Road Warrior if... Hayao Miyazaki wrote the story. Uh, <laughs> the Road Warrior meets Commanding. Yeah, it is weird as hell and wonderful. Uh, I mean, if it was only a cent a page, it would only be a dollar twelve. What are you talking about? How can nobody can do that math? That doesn't even make any sense. I mean, I, well, I, you're I, way off. Now that you know what we're excited to read this week, why don't you nerds head over to the THN forums or our Facebook page? Tell us what you think we should be reading. We're always picking the books. What are we missing here? You guys tell us. Joe, by the way, the blood urn is running a little low, which could make keeping these conservative demons bound to our little supernatural political discourse a real Yikes. challenge. Why don't you go fetch us some more moloid blood while I uh, while I make our guests comfy? Finally, we get to the part of the show where you jerks are in charge. It's 11 a.m. Saturday, Central Standard Time. That means it's time for THN Cover to Cover. The show is yours, nerds. God save the show. <laughs> Open the phone lines! Let's go to the first Google voicemail. I think we know this creep, don't we? Seems familiar. Yeah. Got a hockey last name, that's for certain. Yes, is this on? <laughs> Excellent. I was afraid I wouldn't reach you. <laughs> Hello, I am Christopher the Brain Bockelder, the THN Earth 2 counterpart of The Bachelor You Know and Love, who is currently trying to menage with fire and knife. Whoa! It's a whole thing. <laughs> anyway, I'm calling for just a moment to let you know that Wonder Woman did not just shoot electricity. No, no, no. See, her braces made of silver were able to conduct Aries electricity at, I believe it is 62 seconds per meter. Now, being able to conduct the electricity by doing that little arm thingy she did where it looked like she was dancing for one moment. She is able to make it stronger and stronger and stronger before throwing it back at him, which is how she killed him. Anyway, I just figured I'd let you know the science. And for something that quite stuck the landing, I quite enjoyed the quarter out. That's just me. Anyway, this is The Brain, Bach Elder, signing off. And hopefully, you'll hear from other Bach Elders all across the THN multiverse. Oh, boy. <laughs> Whoa! He, he liked the what? Okay, time out. I remember him talking. I remember seeing this. Wonder Woman gets shot with a lightning. She wiggles around a little bit, right? Kind of does a shoulder thing. She doesn't wiggle around. She wiggles around and sort of like, you know, rubs her bracelets and then farts it all back at him. She's not shooting lasers. She did not berserk Ares. I know this, Matt. She redirected. Her bracelets absorbed the energy and yeah, shot yeah. it back at she him. Redir- she rubbed it around and redirected Ares berserk. Like she was tracking her feet on the carpet trying to build up some static. Exactly. Lane. Exactly. Yes. Okay. I'll buy that. We had It was the whole thing last week. We weren't sure if, as we put it, she berserked or not. No, you weren't sure. Yeah. You weren't sure. I wasn't sure. I was creating, I was trying to cre- whip up the internet. To a, yeah, you did too. A berserk flavored And now the DC <laughs> Cinematic Universe wiki says that she can berserk people. <laughs> yeah, my bad on that one, okay? <laughs> I'll own it. Chris now, the Brain Bach Elder. Wait, wait, what did he say? Stuck the landing? 
I didn't understand it. It was all fuzzy. Uh, I just forgot to let you know the highest. And for something that quite something, I'm going to join the oh the Court of Owls. He thought the Court of Owls storyline. Oh, okay. The Scott Snyder Batman Court of Owls. Court of Owls story. I loved that storyline. I liked it too. Um, I don't know that it ever really ended though. Like yeah, at this, they keep trotting it out. Yeah, don't they? Like yeah. there, and there was not like a definitive end. Like he beat up the rogue members of the Court of Owls that like exposed themselves to come kill Batman. Sure, yeah, yeah. but they're still out there. He fought all the angry zombie talent. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. He, I mean, he, he like that was the thing with the Court of Owls that you can't destroy the Court of Owls. They're right. too big. Is Talon still running around? Is he out there or did he die? I don't know. That, yeah. that, that book got canceled big time. Big time. It wasn't bad. Right? No, I liked the first few I read. Hey! Oh, shut up, Buck Elder! We got an incoming call. Yeah, Court call. of Owls is great. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover Caller. Who this? <laughs> Hello? It sounds like you're being eaten by an animal. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> oh, sir, are, are, are you thinking this might be a suicide hotline? Because that's not exactly what we do here. <laughs> what do you do here? <laughs> we talk about comic book stuff. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this is my sous chef, Marcus, calling me when he should be working. Threatening to kill himself on the internet. <laughs> Marcus, it's okay. Yeah, it this is a safe space. <laughs> Marcus, I realize you're sad, but um, you're supposed to be on the clock right now, okay? So if you're going to kill yourself, you do it on your own fucking time. Do you understand me? Uh, I'm working your shift today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot. You are working my shift later on. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to rap about on THN cover to cover, or did you just call in to let us know that you can't take it anymore? <laughs> uh, uh, I wanted to let you guys, uh, what are your opinions on uh, the new seasons of uh, Supergirl, Flash, and Arrow? Okay. Joe Patrick, you want to you wanna handle yeah, this? Yeah. Um, so I, I really enjoy Supergirl. Uh, I'm behind on uh, Supergirl and Arrow because my DVR exploded, and I lost... Yeah. I lost all the shows. Isn't it up to date uh, aside from the newest season on um, on Netflix right now? No, they have their yeah. own app now. Oh, and so that's right. they took all the shows off of Hulu. That's right. Uh, so I just need to track them down. I need to figure out where I was, but I was really enjoying Supergirl. I loved the flash. Um, though I am kind of sick of the villain just being an evil guy that runs fast. Yeah. Uh, it's been like three years now. It's always an evil guy that runs. fast. There is a lot of that going on in the flash. I um, hate arrow. I could not, hate arrow more um arrow for me has gone from a show that i really disliked to a show that i recognize um they understand their own like they know what they're doing they, they i know they they know exactly what they're doing they know who they're catering to and they have fun with it and he's building like his own super squad he's got like wild dog and mr terrific i know and Ragman. it's bonkers it is totally nuts i'll um, say that and I, the villain this season was prometheus it's crazy i just i hate the main actor i hate his plucky oh, sidekick no. inventor girl oh i don't like and i hate I when they bring that douchebag on my wrestling to beat wrestlers up that's no, stupid i i think Stephen <laughs> amell is great he sucks no he doesn't suck because he like he legit <laughs> Loves it. I'm sorry. Season a try. It never really got better. They took out a lot of the stupid drama. Yeah, um, I agree. That's what I've heard. Um, 
Yeah, I think Stephen Amell is great. He's very charming. He he loves what he does. You he loves interacting cute. with fans. Just say it. You think he's, he's super cute. duper handsome. <laughs> um, I hate Felicity. You I fucking kiss him. hate Felicity. Yeah, Felicity's the worst. She's so bad. She's like, oh, I'm just like super hot nerd making nerd reference I don't understand. Wink. You're like, fuck you. Uh, it's just like, <laughs> God. It, I don't. I don't like the painful awkwardness every second for every, every word that comes out of her mouth. It's yeah, too much. Stupid. Um, and what's her head on the I'm flash does a much better job of it. Who? What's her head on the Who flash? Marcus, your phone's getting really weird. I'm going to hang Is up on you because we're losing inside you. inside the meat locker? Yeah. Did you swallow your cell phone? <laughs> you, did you try to kill yourself by swallowing your cell phone? <laughs> All right. I'm disconnecting you. Thank you for your call, Marcus. Welcome aboard, Marcus. Get to fucking work, Marcus. <laughs> I couldn't understand anything I he was know. saying. It's, it seriously sounded uh, like it was in his mouth. Marcus, if you are listening to this, uh, I think the CW superhero shows are great across the board. Uh, some of the, yeah, I understand that like they are not up to some sort of high level of narrative quality, but they have tons of fun. They know exactly what they're doing. No, sure. I mean like the, look, the flash and they're is, packed with personality. The flash is just as cheese ball as, as like legends of the DC universe. It is. I just like the main characters better. And sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, because yeah, oh, like, I agree. I think the characters on the Flash are much stronger than yeah, the characters. on I the mean, Arrow. the villain dialogue is just terrible in all these shows. Yeah. It's awful. Um, and I also agree that the first two seasons of Arrow are borderline unwatchable for any fan of the they character. Are absolutely in unwatchable. comics unwatchable. Um, but once the show hit its stride and they started to have fun and not take themselves too seriously. It became a real fun time. And yeah, this year he he literally like built his own Justice League. Yeah. Featuring like these shittiest characters you can think of. Yep. Um, um terrible version of Mr. Terrific, though. Yeah, the worst. Very bad. The worst. Why do that? But Ragman was there and Wild Dog was there. There's so many other characters you could I grab. Know, Why I know. Mr. Terrific? Like, I don't know. Dumb. But yeah. Thank I, you for your call, Marcus. So, uh, you know, uh, teenage suicide, don't do it. That was a song from <laughs> Heather's, right? Yeah, Teenage right. suicide, you blew it. <laughs> I can't remember the name of that. I think they were called Big Fun. What's the name of the band? Uh, <laughs> you have so much to live for, Marcus. All right, all right. Enough of this crybaby crap. Our first MP3 comes from Mr. Randrew Andrews. We love this guy. He also sent us a little Soundtrack Alley promo. So look forward to that at the end of the show, huh? Hey. Hey. Take it away. Hey, Joe and Matt. (laughs) This is Randy Andrews emailing in for the question of the week. This week, the question was asked, what story or series totally struck the landing and had a most satisfying conclusion? One comic book story that I feel has done this is the original Infinity Gauntlet story in trade. It had one of the best endings. The MCU was restored, and the villain Thanos was given peace, and things were restored with the Gauntlet. I think I can just read that story over and over again, knowing how excellent the conclusion is. Time out, Randy! Time out! Man, he's really stepped up his game. I guess. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover caller. Who this? This is Seanix. What up, Seanix? Hey! We get him live. I can't hey. believe you're awake. 
I'm a, hey, I work Saturday morning. Oh, that's I'm at right. work. That's right. Oh, so I am breaking some rules. You're here, calling us a company time. I dig it. All right. I, I did call and leave a voicemail, so don't play that. I'm going to delete don't it right that. now. It's gone. Forget it. You yeah, it. just don't play that. I don't <laughs> want to get like five showings on one show. Like, never mind. <laughs> so, how, how's it going, guys? Pretty good. Doing good. Just chilling, you know, talking about nerd stuff. You got anything you want to rap about? Well, I want to talk about who stuck the landing. Yeah, let's do it. Because that question is a really good question. And the reason why it's really good is the first gut gut answer came to, but then I started thinking, I'm, I've read a lot of good stuff. Okay. So it was really nice to kind of go back and think, well, that really is worth it. That's worth it. I mean, Transmet, I think is fantastic. Totally. I mean, you guys have been talking about Transmet a lot lately. Yes. But all in all, fantastic, like scalped. From beginning to end, oh, oh my god, without a doubt, yes. You know, there's we've been so grateful to have a lot of good stuff, but why the last man to me was a book that just from beginning to end and pulled at my heartstrings. I cried yeah. multiple times during that. that I did book. too, I did too. I will say, like, one of the best endings to a story that I can remember. I did love right. that book a it's lot. Like, mm-hmm. Right, like visually, like you know the ending. Whenever someone says "Why the Last Man," you automatically know. Like it's not like, "Oh, how did that go?" You go, "Oh, yeah." Like <laughs> it's immediate. Yeah. Like, "Oh, that's right, that happened." The, the funny, the funny <laughs> thing about "Why the Last Man," though, is that when I do, I do think of the ending when somebody mentions that series. My mind does immediately jump to the finale, but yeah. I don't actually remember what happens at the end. I only remember <laughs> the scene in the snow with ampersand. that's that's what jumps to the forefront of my mind and then i'm like oh god damn it that was awful Uh, it was awful i've got goosebumps right now i know but like i i couldn't actually tell you how like they're cloning him or they're using his dna to propagate the species or something i don't fucking know all i remember is that goddamn monkey uh man what a downer i know well thanks for bringing us down sean x hey, hey it's for it's worth reading to all those new listeners and new readers out oh, there yeah, they should be so picking good. that up just to try it totally. out totally yeah so if good. you have I mean, not read why the last man you might not like comic books so seriously go out and pick that up. <laughs> how are things in the garden center this summer buddy Oh, uh, we're wrapping up. We're wrapping up so I can get back inside and get out of this business. So oh, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I guess I thought it lasted longer, but uh, you. I guess you started, wouldn't no, you we, start in May or? Are you growing weed? Is we this COVID started, or something? Like, what are we, we talking about? <laughs> no, because then I'd be rolling in it. But uh, in April, we start April and then we end in June. So uh, every year, but, Sean, yeah. Sean has worked for. Uh, High V in Cedar Rapids for about forty years. That is adorable. Um, and every summer he gets to spend three months working outside in the garden center that they erect out in the parking lot. That sounds That's like got hell. all the fresh flowers and that stuff. That absolutely sounds like hell. It's great. It's a beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful thing that they build out there. I'm I've sure been it to is. it. I'm just saying I would rather go to prison because it's air conditioned. He spends three <laughs> months. No, getting- I, I I have to. I wholeheartedly. I'm upset that I have to agree with Matt a little bit on that. <laughs> it's gross, man. I know what the climate's like down there. It's awful. <laughs> he spends three sun, months getting tan The sun tan is always on top of you. Yeah. And then people go, well, you sure getting tan? Yeah, no doubt. I'm in the sun for eight hours. No, I'm getting tan. What am I? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right. That too. But 
Sean, hey, YOLO, you only live once, man. There so. you go, buddy. Thank you for your call. Thank you for wasting some hey. company time. It's good to talk to you. Brother. I'm glad I could talk to you guys. Yeah, yeah awesome. don't tell anybody I'm working. Just All right. don't tell anybody I'm working. We'll keep that quiet. Your secret's safe with us. Cool. <laughs> All right, buddy. Talk to you later. All right, guys. See ya. See ya, bud. Forty. He, he's had like one job. Love that guy. Uh, it, it's not been forty years, but he okay. has worked for Ivy for a long time, like twenty years. Jesus. Yeah, since he was in high school. Good for him. Yeah, that's great. I don't think I've ever had a job for more than a year. Um, I tend to bounce around. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Comic book shop, longest thing I ever did. Yeah. Same here. Oh my god, yeah. that's sad. What's sad about it? It's, it's a job. Sad. It's a great job. Let's let poor Randy finish here before Sean. So we cut him off in, uh, in mid transformation. <laughs> in other news, I've seen Wonder Woman and loved it. I even enjoyed the ending with Ares as the villain. Very comic book like. And to me, it didn't matter what he looked like. In fact, the actor David Thewlis was perfect for that role. I mean, he was the villain in Dragonheart. And he can still pull it off. It's so true. Anyway, he was. quick plug for my show. Check out my podcast, Soundtrack Alley. I've had a lot of interviews lately, and that is some of my best work, I'd have to say. So you really need to check it out. And so that's it for today. Later, nerds. Whoa. <laughs> Randy keeps transforming on us. It's making me I mean, a little I dizzy. I feel like I just got sucked into Nintendo land, like Captain know. and the Game Master. That was crazy. <laughs> Randy, not afraid to pimp his own stuff. That's no, good. Feel uh, free. Come on, pimp your shit. Yep. We want to hear about it. And we will be playing Randy's uh, slick sounding promo at the end of the show. There you go. I'm just assuming it sounds slick. We haven't heard it yet. Yep. Could be terrible. I don't know. But we'll if it's anything, out. if it's anything like that call he just made, full of sound effects and stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be good. You nerds love sound effects, right? Got another voicemail here coming from James Kaplan. Hey guys, James Kaplan here with my answer to the question of the week on what comic series ending really stuck the landing. The answer for me has to be All-Star Superman. Ooh, it's probably my all-time yeah. favorite comic, and it's got an amazing ending. Uh, everything comes to a head in this final issue as Superman is dying. Lex Luthor has superpowers and seems like he's about to take over the world. The sun is about to explode, and Superman has one last chance to set things right before he either dies or, or something else happens. And he does it through uh, cleverness and strength and skill, and you see all of his best characteristics on display. And he's my favorite character and I feel like so many people don't get the character of Superman, but Grant Morrison really does. And uh, this issue is the whole book, really. But this issue is just kind of a clinic on like what is great about the character of Superman. Uh, you see the love between him and Lois. Uh, there's sort of nods back to his father and his family on Krypton. And it's just a really terrific, inspiring series that anyone who hasn't read it, I really encourage to go read. Uh, if I can plug one thing, I want to mention that I write for a site called panelpatter.com. I didn't know this. And we are super excited because this year we were nominated for an Eisner. And, you know, we're still That's pretty right. shocked about that. Damn. I don't know, you know, how that happened exactly. But but anyway, we'll take the nomination. Uh, if you're looking for interesting writing about uh, independent and small press comics, then I think we're a good site for you to check out. Whoa. 
Anyway, I love the show, <laughs> and I can't wait to hear what other choices people have for this question. Uh, congratulations. That's that, amazing. Yeah. James and his team, they do good work over there. We got an incoming call coming here. Thank you for calling THN. Cover to cover, caller. Who this? This is Chase. What up, Chase? How we doing, brother? Not too bad. It's a beautiful Saturday morning. It is, right? I can't believe it. it's unseasonably yeah, cool happy. outside. I don't trust it. Yeah. I know. It was like 65 yesterday. And, and everybody's uh, walking around like we were cheating on summer, like <laughs> looking over your shoulder like, oh, man, she finds out. Ooh. You know. <laughs> it, it, it's just for your birthday. Oh. oh happy birthday. Chase, thank you. So you were yeah. threatening to call in and make some jokes on Twitter, I saw. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm mostly just baffled by how big of a deal Marvel made out of the fact that they're continuing to publish most of their books. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's, <laughs> let me, let me stop you right here. Turn the ringer off. Cause we're going to be here for a okay, minute. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I didn't, I purposefully did not put this in the news because they didn't announce shit. Yeah. Uh, they came, Marvel came out with this, uh, press release saying, that on Friday, they were going to make an announcement about Marvel Legacy that would, quote, change the comic book industry forever, end quote. That wow. is not, uh, that's a direct line from the release. That's some Trumpian hyperbole. Yes. Well, well, I, I think it's actually Trumpian in the strategy that if, if you take away headlines from satire sites like Bleeding Cool and The Outhousers, like, what, what jokes can they make? Like, Marvel <laughs> right. already made the joke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, like if you become the joke, then what yeah, can they say? Yes. Exactly. And so, uh, yeah, fake news, sad, uh, <laughs> failing model comics. Uh, so what they ended up doing was they released a series of cover images for variant covers, not the main covers, variant covers for 52, get it? Haha. <laughs> wink, wink. Hey, 52 titles. 48 of which are the exact same titles they already published. Oh, my God. One of which only counts as new because the previous volume just got canceled. Well, what uh, is it? Moon Knight. Oh. Um, and, then the, uh, and then the other one only technically counts as new because it's changing from Sam Wilson, Captain America to the Falcon. Uh, so only two actually new comics, Spirits of Vengeance, uh, which starred... Um, Johnny Blaze, uh, Son of Satan, Satana. That's fun. And um, somebody else I'm forgetting. Oh, but, Blade. But no creative team. No creative teams for any of it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and no then price the, points, no publication right. schedules. <laughs> they didn't credit half the artists of the covers. They didn't credit any of the cover artists that they were homaging. All of these variants. Were, I love this. All of these, um, <laughs> all of these variants are homages to arguably, I would say, classic covers from Marvel history. Right, right. Um, but the problem is, is that, like, the homages didn't make any sense. So, like, they took an Iron Man cover and then homaged it as the cover to Falcon number one instead of homaging a cover that had the Falcon on it. What? Right? Oh, or they, the, like, uh, they ripped off a lot of Fantastic, Fantastic Four, Four covers. Yeah. But yeah. just stuck them and on other covers? For, like, the uh, Riri Williams and stuff like that, where it's like, wh why, is this, why is this how it is? Yeah, yeah. That, uh, what, what is what is the point of any of this? Oh, uh, the only uh, the only other new comic that they announced was uh, the return of Marvel Two in One, the Thing team up comic from the eighties. That's kind of fun. Which is kind of fun, but like at the end the of the industry, day, 
do you think the industry changing news is actually that they're not going out of business yet? Yeah, right. Maybe. Right. I don't know. Or, or like, the, like they're like, we're going to continue to publish comics. <laughs> so they released these. They released these covers as animated gifts, which mm-hmm. was awful because it crashed my browser every time I tried to load it. Because uh, there's 52 of them, and the gifts changed so fast that you couldn't actually get a good look at the new art. Uh, and um, they released them five at a time to like a to like eight different websites. Stupid. It was a nightmare to follow and ultimately nothing came of it. Oh, wow. And every time another batch came out, Bleeding Cool would post a story that said, changing the comic book industry forever for our record eighth time today, Marvel has released <laughs> another batch of uh, Marvel Legacy covers. It was awful. Okay, so Chase, Joe Patrick, I was yelling at him last night, like, dude, where's your, where's the news? Where's your stuff? And he was like, I'm still waiting for this Marvel thing. And this had already happened. I had no, seen this stuff yeah, I was writing coming the, out. I was and, writing the new news. And I was like, well, what is, what is it? What are you waiting for? They're like, they haven't said anything. This had already happened. And I was like, they hadn't said anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's nothing happening. What do you mean? <laughs> I didn't even realize that this was the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Like, Chase, am I wrong? It was such a colossal waste of everybody's time and effort, and most of the people involved in the new cover art got the shaft because they didn't even get credited. (laughs) None of the original artists got credited. The the only thing that qualifies as news is that there are four new titles, and we don't know what their price point is. We don't know who's making them. Right. Um, I mean, it continues to insist the fact that Marvel doesn't really care who makes their comics. Yeah, um, I think it's a, it's the most bizarre <laughs> announcement. And here's the thing: this is half a joke and half maybe this really happened. Did Ike Perlmutter come back and say, "Hey guys, I just had the most amazing weekend in Washington D.C. with my pal uh, Donald Trump, <laughs> and I know how we're going to run this place from now on. We're going to make big announcements. We're going to we're going to use gifs. The biggest. We're going to tell everyone it's the biggest deal ever, <laughs> and we're essentially going to accomplish absolutely nothing, and we're definitely not going to credit any of the little people." Yeah, absolutely. And if they complain, we'll just say they're lying. It's fake news. They're yeah. losers. What a mean, bunch like, of losers. <laughs> maybe this was actually like a an edict from Ike Perlmutter. Like that is that man's bizarre personality. I, I don't know. People he's working with. Or or here, I have a second theory. They were going to announce something that didn't follow through, right? They had an announcement earlier in the week. Like, it's going to be big. It's going to be huge. Oh, shit. It didn't happen. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> just give them the variant covers. I don't know. Throw out the variant yeah. covers. <laughs> like, we got to do something. I was, chatting, I was chatting with some buddies last night, and I said, it, they made such a big deal of it for nothing that I, like, I'm still sort of expecting another announcement. I, like, have, I have to, like they didn't finish yeah, making gotta the announcement. You got to wonder if there was something else that fell through. Yeah. I don't know. It's, but, you know, it was just, it was nonsense. And like the, the internet as a collective rose up and went, fuck you. <laughs> what have I spent this entire day doing? Oh, the, the Chase, jokes. Thank were you for savage. bringing this up. We, and Chase, I'm sorry. I stepped all over you. You called the You called the talk and I just had to like, vomit this emotion out um but yeah what a waste a goddamn waste oh, i love it i love it this is business as usual in the united states now thank you chase hey no problem you guys have a good day and happy birthday again thanks, thanks buddy. buddy i appreciate it talk to you soon sure thing
Wow. Yeah. Sorry again, Chase. Like you called the talk and I ended up just going crazy. <laughs> you really did. Um, but yeah, I just, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like every hour I refreshed Newsarama and there was another batch of five covers with literally no information. My guess, I, I have to guess that something fell through that they were going to announce. That they didn't Todd even, McFarlane returns to Spider-Man. They you didn't even announce the creators on the books. You'd think that at this point they know what's going on with the books. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. Some of them literally said TBD on them. We know how they have the credits incorporated into the art sometimes. And we're only about 50-50 with TBD's work, right? Yeah, it's true. Well, yeah. various. Yeah. We like various. Various always TBD does a nice job. Is a, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, yeah, it, uh, the cover for Weapon X, whatever issue it ends up being for Weapon X, said pack TBD TBD. Oh, boy. Yeah, great. Oh, Can't artist. Wait. Why don't they just say artist? Yep. <laughs> Marvel's strong stable of fartists. <laughs> oh boy. Let's go to Stephen Fino. Maybe he can uh, turn the ringer back on. Lift the discourse a little bit. I did. Oh, it's on. All right, good. Yeah. I think it's my first day. Huh? It did. Uh, Stephen also has a response to Marvel Legacy. You really need a better system than just giant puddles of money to wade through. The system works fine, Stephen. Hello. This is Lord Stephen, Master of Coin, sending in my answer to this week's THN cover-to-cover response. That didn't make any sense, but whatever. <laughs> I was going to respond this week to the question, and in regards to satisfying endings, that answer being Kieran Gillen's journey into mystery, mm. because apparently I am so incredibly depressing that the un- I can only be satisfied if my heart is broken. <laughs> or I could have talked about Wonder Woman, and which I thought was pretty damn good. But instead, when I sat down to record this, I saw that the titles for Marvel's upcoming Legacy relaunch had been released, and I have opinions about it. Now, going into this, my expectations were already incredibly low. I mean, sure, there are a few current titles I'm enjoying, like Ms. Marvel and Ultimates, but for the most part, I can't say I'm interested in the current Marvel Universe as a whole, and I haven't really been for a while. So when Marvel announced Legacy, my main reaction was just, this is going to be yet another unnecessary Marvel relaunch, bringing the same sort of dull stories that they've already been publishing. And looking at the titles they've announced so far, that seems to be exactly what they did. Instead of some bold new direction for Marvel, or bringing back the Fantastic Four, it just seems to be the exact same titles that Marvel was already publishing, and about four new books. So... I expected nothing, and somehow I'm still disappointed. I just can't bring myself to care about any of this, and I just don't see what the fucking point of it is now. So yeah, Marvel Legacy's relaunch. Not looking good so far. See ya. Yeah, Yeah, and and that's something that I forgot to, to circle back around during Chase's call, is they announced 52 titles. Right. 48 of them are the same. They're already, it's the same books. Right. And looking at the art, you can see maybe slightly tweaked here and there. Like um, uh, Hulk is going back to being called She-Hulk. Um, but other than that, it's just like, yep, it's there's Moon Girl. Business as usual. Gwenpool. Right. Spider-Gwen. Deadpool. Like, okay. It's the same shit. I need a clarification, and this involves a nerd bet. Uh, okay. We made a nerd bet about the return of the Fantastic Four. Was that part of Generations? Mm, that uh, that hasn't happened yet. 
But that's what we're discussing now with all these new titles that are coming. Legacy Legacy is what comes out after Generations. Right. Generations is a series of one-shots teaming up. No, I get up. that. I get that. What I'm saying is there is no Fantastic Four book that's part of this, correct? They did not announce a Fantastic Four book. Okay. But it's, I mean, do it ain't I over until it's over. Do I win the nerd bet? No. I feel like I do. It's not over yet. Just giving myself the win. <laughs> I'm just going to take it. No. Yeah. It's still pending. Mark it a win. The nerd bet is... <laughs> Making a W. He's making a W with his hands Point in mid Woo! They're making... We're going to win, loser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying I'm confident about it, but I'm saying that they advertise the return of Marvel's like most iconic whatever, and that has not been announced. So Captain whatever that is, it has Marvel, not been announced. maybe? I don't know. No. They're no. doing that crap. He's not Marvel's most iconic. It's underwhelming. Anything. The point is it's underwhelming. It's underwhelming, and it's a disappointment that it's just all the same books. Yeah. There are some books, like, I certainly do not begrudge anybody a paying job, and I don't care. Like, if you want to be a fan of Gwenpool, that's great. No, it's not. You're wrong. It's fine. It's, it's fine. Not, like what you like. But there are some titles that I find totally this, hot take. Hot take. I find it totally baffling that Marvel would choose to continue some of these books. I thought the mandate was supposed to be that they're going to slim down the line and focus on quality over yeah. quantity. And it's just the same. It's the same. Yeah. No. Um, it's getting harder and harder to defend Marvel. Yeah. It's getting harder and harder. And this happened very fast. I mean, like, we go, we go, we obviously we go back and forth, loving DC, loving Marvel, and it never seems to be both at the same time for some reason. Right. Have you noticed that? Right. Like, don't, it's, like, it's like I love Marvel comics. I love forth. the Marvel universe. I want to love Marvel comics. And right now, Marvel comics are more mediocre than they have been ever in my entire life. And I lived through the 90s. I read those comics and I loved them. And yeah, they're bad. But I still thought that they were exciting and they did different things. This is just, it's, it's baby food. It's the baby food of comic books. Why would you talk about baby food like that? Babies need baby food, Joe. Yeah, that's because they can't handle <laughs> real food. I want some real food, goddammit. Fair enough. <laughs> real quick, for those who don't know, reset Gwenpool for me. It's not Gwen Stacy. Gwenpool is not Gwen Stacy. No, Gwenpool is a is a young woman named Gwen Pool. Her P real name is Gwen Pool. P O O L E Pool. Yeah, Good which Lord. isn't a real last name. All I've right, known people right. with that name. I know a Stacy Pool. Is she an actress? I don't know. Stacy, if I slept with you, I'm sorry. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> just throw um, that out there. And I don't actually know what her damn story is. I just know that she's not Gwen Stacy from an alternate universe. Okay. Wasn't that what the variant started out as? Yes, because it was based on a character that was created during the Gwen Stacy cover homage month. Okay, let's just call an end to variant related variant cover related stories. Let's just call an end to it. We're done. Yeah. Edge right? of Venomverse. Sorry. No more. Not a story. Yeah. Just end it. I know what comes out next week. Just don't ship it. No one's going to care. Who cares about Edge of Venomverse? Anyone. I'm, twi I'm tweeting that right now. Who cares <laughs> about? Uh, yeah. So here we go. From Wikipedia, despite the name Gwenpool, the character has no relation to either Deadpool or Gwen Stacy. Uh, a retcon... So she was given an actual story in a backup in Howard the Duck number one, which revealed that her name was actually Gwen Poole. 
and she's just a she's just a a girl, man. She's not Okay, for the record, we have no problem with female. No, heroes. no, no, no. I mean, she, but she's not like. But this is a dumb idea, right? It's stupid. It Why was, Marvel? It was based on a silly idea to begin with, and then they stripped the thing that was silly but made it kind of fun, right? It's just stupid. And then they made it like, yeah, it's like a girl Deadpool and she wears pink. Stupid. Mm-hmm. Just stupid. And I would also argue symptomatic of everything that's going on at Marvel right now, of complete lack of ideas and creativity. Right? Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, I can't, baby, because you're not. Yeah, they're just cranking shit out right now. That's a quote from the evil midnight bomber, what bombs at midnight uh. from the tick. <laughs> he said, tell me I'm wrong, baby. He said, tell me I'm wrong. Oh, we wasted just enough time I to get a call. I can't, baby, because you're not. <laughs> Thank you for calling THN cover to cover caller. Who dis? Are you here to co- defend Gwenpool? <laughs> yes or no? <laughs> Am I here to what? Defend Gwenpool. I'm going to take that as a no. <laughs> no, I can't defend that. Why would I call with an impossible task? No, I can't do that. <laughs> Zach Hollowell. Uh, Zach Hollowell. Hey. Uh, what penis related going, stories do you have for us today? <laughs> <laughs> well, the only penis I want to talk about today is Matt Bombs. Oh. Because I just wanted to call and say happy birthday. Oh, thanks, Zach. And I'll be over with penis. my special little spanking for you later. Oh. Joe, you still have to pay. <laughs> But worth it every year. <laughs> worth it every yeah. year. Yeah. I know, right? We're connected at the so next. So good at it. To whether he liked it or not, you know? Yeah, well. Okay, so to make this actually about a nerd thing, I, I, something occurred to me. So I made up the question where we had, you know, what's your favorite G.I. Joe character? Right. So actually, probably my favorite toy property when I was a kid, what's your favorite He-Man character? Mm. Good question. Favorite He-Man character? Okay, I was always heavy into Zodiac. Because Zodiac, oh was Zodiac, yeah, basically just a Mexican wrestler with a gun. He was like the He-Man version of Metron. Yeah, he had no with weird webbed feet. Yeah, for some webbed reason. feet, yeah. right? Yeah, webbed had, feet. Well, he had bad guy feet. All the bad guys had those feet. Yeah, yeah, right. And for some reason, he was a good guy with bad guy feet. I don't get it. He's not a good guy. He's like cosmic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enigma, pretty much. Yeah, but he was basically a shirtless dude with a mask and a gun. And I think that's why I liked him because everybody else had like some kitschy thing. Like so this dude glows. This dude smells bad. This dude has a suction cup face. Um, you know, he, had, he wore, <laughs> if I recall, he wore a, um, he wore like a burgundy version of man at arms chest piece. I think you're I right. Think. I'm looking him up. No, uh, it wasn't man at arms. Or chest a piece. mecha neck. Maybe they, they reused a no, lot it of the same bodies. It looked yeah. like mecha necks. I'm looking at him right now. And it was Zodak, not Zodiac. Zodak. Let's yeah. get, let me get a little background here. Uh, Zodak was one of the first characters we can see by Mattel in development. His action figure tagged as an evil cosmic enforcer. Oh, wow. Evil, huh? Yeah, but he wasn't evil. Oh, that's not Mechanex. Uh, that's Despite not Mechanex armor. being generally human in appearance, he was given claw-like feet and hands, a standard trait of the line's evil characters. There you go. Yeah. So, Joe, yeah. do you have an answer? Um, you know, the first He-Man character I ever got was Ram Man, and I have a really soft spot in my heart for Ram Man. Ram Man's dope. Um, but I love Man at Arms. I love Man at uh, Arms. Well, Ram him, Ram Man. Ram him hard. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Ram Man was also the special member of the team. Look, yeah, he just he hit was. his head a bunch. He had to try a little harder, and then he was like, He-Man, I'm coming to help. <laughs> He had a traumatic brain injury, and those are no joke. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> but see, clearly the answer here that you're missing is Faker. Do you remember oh, Faker? Faker, Faker yeah. was red. Yeah, he was blue He-Man. Yeah. 
He, he was blue He-Man with orange hair. He was yeah. a droid created by Skeletor, yet none of the good guys could figure out that the He-Man who was blue with orange hair was a bad guy. I and you know he was a robot. Do you know how you know he was a robot? Because he no. talked like an if idiot. If you took off his chest piece, oh, yeah, he, had, he had a sticker of a reel-to-reel like yes. machine t- on his chest. That was supposed to be the a technological machine. advances. <laughs> yeah, he had yeah. a tape machine in his chest. He had a, he had a message. He had a like voicemail machine. Totally. On his chest. He was basically a walking yeah. answering machine. <laughs> exactly. Man, I never owned. And, he, the and they always played him super stupid. Like he was kind of like bizarro almost. Yeah, he was an idiot. Yeah. Oh, right. and he was all, and he wore Skeletor's armor, but yellow. Yes, yes, he had uh, orange. Oh yeah, because I still own him. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's orange. Skeletor armor. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I never owned the Faker figure, and I don't remember him showing up in the cartoon, though. I'm sure he must have. Um, oh yeah, he was there. A lot. I guess I just always assumed that he like changed shape somehow. No, because he otherwise blue. he would be no, like the no. worst, the worst undercover operative. Yeah, he was just blue, and he wore bright orange Skeletor armor, had bright orange hair. Yep, stick over reel to reel. Um, let's see if I can get a little faker background. Uh, faker was one of the earliest characters we produced for the Masters Universe Online or Toy Line, released onto shelves in 1982. His toy's a blue skin, red haired repaint of the He Man figure. So he's the first variant. This is your first variant right. action figure. Well, I've got the Mattel, like uh, the collector's edition, sort of nicer one. And it's hilarious because my daughter uses it in her toy house or playhouse and like has tea parties with a little kitten people. They invite <laughs> Faker over and she's literally like, would you like some more tea Faker? And she pours tea for him. It's That's fucking awesome. great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Zach. This is a fun little birthday present to relive our well, He-Man. Uh, well, there you go. <laughs> Maybe it'll be Transformers next time. Think oh, about it. I love it. I can yeah. name my favorite Transformer. Easy. Same. Okay. Well, you sit on that one. All right. All right. I'm sitting on it. You okay. Pervert. Hey, why do what you did there? <laughs> all right. uh, next time, maybe it'll be a penis question. I don't know. We'll have to see. All right, Zach. Well, keep us guessing. Thank you very much for your call, uh, sir. Later, boys. Have a good show. Bye, Zach. Zach Hollowell, the only other Zach I can think of that spells his name with two Ks. Can you name the other one? Uh, Zach Wild. Zach Wild. Correct. Mm. Yes. Z a k k w y l d e. Not of Wild Stallions. But Zach does not spell his name with two Ks. He does when he calls in. It says Z-A-K-K. I don't it's know. not how it says it on his Facebook page. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's just his kick-ass Google persona. Maybe it's his Google persona. <laughs> his, yeah. his, his slutty, rocking Google Nobody persona. Nobody will be able to find me now. <laughs> He's like Faker. <laughs> you know, yeah, his Google avatar is just Look himself a, painted blue. blue today, he man. What's the deal? I don't feel good. <laughs> Bad sushi. <laughs> Bad sushi, yes. All right, let's go back to our what final call. Doing? Wait, hold on. We were talking about something. Oh, Gwenpool. Gwenpool. Uh, yeah, anyway, Gwenpool's dumb. Uh, apparently, she comes from an alternate universe that's supposed to represent the real world. What? Uh, and now she's in the Marvel universe. <sighs> yeah. Hater. Heavy sigh. That's my uh, yep, opinion go. of the Gwenpool character. Meh. That's my opinion. Let's go to our final voicemail. It's Anthony. Anthony, if you'd only waited 20 minutes, you'd have been live on the show. It's 1040. Like, seriously, dude, it's like you're trying not to do it right at this point. Long, uncomfortable, pregnant pause. There we go. Hey, guys, it's Anthony. I got a kind of a question for you today, actually. Just think about this, like, you know, Batman's staunch rule against killing. 
Like he's very clear about like heroes shouldn't kill. Right. But is he okay with like decisions by the judicial system? Like if a criminal is sentenced to death in the court system and is put to death, does he rail against that as well? Or like if a police officer pulls a gun on a criminal, he's, he's okay with that. Right. I don't know. I'm asking you guys, asking the listeners. I don't know. Like if a cop got the drop on the Joker and without question, that cop's life is in danger. If he killed the Joker, that would be okay with that. Right. I don't know. I'm asking you. All right. Thanks. This is a deep one. Is Batman anti-death penalty? (laughs) Um, I don't know. That's a great question. Um, so here's how, here is what formed my impression of Batman as a youth. Uh, the version that I carry with me still today, uh, the one that I consider quote unquote, my Batman, the real Batman. Uh, and it comes from the untold legend of Batman miniseries from the early eighties, uh, drawn by Jim Aparo. And it was, um, basically like the secret history of young Bruce Wayne on his journey to become Batman framed by a modern day mystery revolving around uh, his parents and their murder. Right. And as they flash back, uh, you see glimpses of like uh, young Bruce Wayne before he decides to go off and train uh, where he's in college and he's taking all these criminology classes and he's uh, studying the judicial system. Okay. And, the uh the professor is making some point uh about the law and i don't remember the details of the story he was telling but at the end of it uh you know bruce wayne gives his answer and the professor's like no man that's not right uh it, it, this is this is how it would be this is this is the world and bruce says but is that justice And the professor says, no, Mr. Wayne, that's the law. And so that's where like Batman was born, right? Where he, (coughs) excuse me, where he recognized that justice and the law are not always compatible. And he kneels down in front of his parents' grave in the rain in the scene we've seen all too many times. And he's like, I can't do it. I can't become a, I can't become a police officer. I, their hands are tied. I can't do what needs to be done. And that's when he decides to go his own way. So he's effectively saying like, I, I couldn't be a police officer, draw my weapon and shoot someone. Um, so Batman, which are, is not the death penalty, but right. by extension. Sure. Right. Right. Um, you know, legally sanctioned. Sure. Right. Uh, Batman is about justice, not necessarily the letter of the law. If he was about the letter of the law, he wouldn't be dressing like a bat and beating people up, putting them in gomas. Okay. Um, would he be okay with a cop drawing a gun and shooting the Joker? I feel like I've read stories where he has stopped Jim Gordon from killing. Yeah, most definitely. Um, Absolutely. The only one that's jumping to my mind right now is from no man's land, but that was emotional. Like that would have been murder where the Joker had just killed Commissioner Gordon's wife. Right. I remember that. Um, and Commissioner, like, they're in no man's land. Like, no one's going to stop him. Right. Well, he also stopped Commissioner Gordon from shooting his son when his son was crazy and, like, turned into a serial killer and stuff. All right. We'll talk about this more in a second. All right. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover caller. Who this? It's Brian Domingos. Brian Domingos. All right. What's happening, brother? Uh- 
I'm I'm so glad to hear you guys are on the air because I know Marvel's been changing the comic industry this week. Oh my god, we're still here. Up, they exploded. The we're comic still industry. here. <laughs> so I was like, I don't even know if Omaha's still there. The like, ziggurat is a mess. Activity, oh my god, you should see. Yeah. We were up all oh night, Brian, cleaning up this. <laughs> We're just buried in an homage covers and, and GIF yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, what's going so, on with you today? Uh, yeah. What do you want to rap about, brother? Um, well, you know, um, well, I want to make sure you guys were still alive. We're and, alive. Uh, Barely. You know, the, uh, the, qu- the question of the week, um, which, you know, from a newcomer, which is awesome, um, is about the, uh, you know, the, the best ending, the closure. Right. And uh, my answer, um, I feel like I give this all the time, is uh, Starman 80. That's uh, my, the the that's end my of the answer. end, and yep. Uh, I know. I'm sure that yeah. I'm sure that Joe, that's yours. But um, I mean, it's the the wrap up of everything that you could possibly need, and it's amazing. And um, you know, they drive away in the car and in yeah. through Turk County, and you're crying, and that's the way it's yeah. supposed to be. So it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. You um, know what? I waited five years to read the end of that book because I was so upset that it ended. I sh- shit you not. Oh wow. I waited five years to read it, and then I just like I forgot at one point and then was digging through my books and like, Oh my God, I never read the end of star man sat down, read it, cried like a baby. You maniac. Five yeah. years removed. I, I still, it nailed me. It was a wonderful yeah, it was, ending. Yeah, no, he, um, it, it's one of those books that thank God that they got to do their thing. Yeah. You know, they were, there was not a lot of interference and, and, you know, Jack had such a major part in everything, you know, yeah. retroactively was Superman and all that. And, and I've talked about this stuff for a hundred hours before, but, um, yeah, no, it's it's awesome, and um, it's a good question, and um, hope you guys are having a good day. Domingos, you're a badass. Thank you, Thank sir. you for the call, sir. Appreciate it. Always good to hear from you. Starman Talk is always you welcome too. in this house. We'll talk to you soon, brother. Awesome. I'll, I'll talk about it next week, too. Okay, bye. <laughs> we, got, uh, we got two more calls. Yeah, we sure did. We did. Uh, so, yeah, Starman, I'm just going to say it right now. Starman is my answer to this question. Uh Earlier in the se- earlier in the series, during the climactic um, adventure storyline, uh, Jack's greatest enemies had taken over Opal City. Things were really, really bad. Yeah, uh, and he discovers that his girlfriend has left. He's like, you know, this is I can't. This isn't my life. I want you to be part of my life, but I can't be part of this superhero thing. I'm leaving Opal City. Right. Uh, I'm gonna go do this thing, Sadie. Um, and he comes back from space. He'd been in space in real time. He'd been in space for like a year. Yeah. Uh, and he finds this letter and she's gone and there's nothing he can do, but got, do about it because the second he gets home, Opal city gets enclosed by a dome of darkness. Yeah. Shit happens. Uh, and it's like, ah, crap. Uh, the shades, evil dwarf nemesis is here to kill me. <laughs> um, he's speaking French all the time. I don't know what to do. He was scary. Yeah. Culp. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, when all is said and done, uh, and uh, uh, Jack has said his goodbyes and, and he's gone on a couple last adventures. He decides, you know what? This was never going to be my life forever. Yeah. I've done some good. The world is different now. Um, I've got star girls out there, you know, and he bequeaths her the cosmic staff and he says goodbye to everybody. He packs up his kid and he leaves and that's it. He quits. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Like he has a happy ending. He goes totally off. Stuck the ending. He drives off in his in the sunset with his uh, infant son to be with the woman he loves forever. It's beautiful. It's my answer too. Ah, oh, God, it's my answer too. I love it so much. It's too goddamn good. Thank you so much, so, yeah, Brian. Brian, thank you. Oh boy, we're both crying like babies now. Well, oh, let's get to these last two well, voicemails real quick. Let's wrap up Anthony's before we get too far away from it. Um, would Batman be okay if oh yeah yeah the if death penalty, um, a death criminal penalty. was executed by the state or if a cop shot a criminal? I'm saying no. 
I don't think he'd be into it, but I also don't think he would. I think he, I think if Batman was involved in the situation, he would stop the cop from killing the person. Yeah. We've seen it happen a few times, but I mean, Batman's not going to like break into a prison and stop a character, a person from getting executed either. No, well, no, he's not, but I don't think he's okay. Batgirl did one time and it was awesome. Cassandra Cain. Yeah. In one, uh, one of the earliest issues of the book, um, she decided like something had happened an issue or two previous. And she decided that on this night, nobody in Gotham Mm -hmm. city is going to die. Remember that issue. And she breaks into It was called No One Dies Tonight. No One Dies Tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And she breaks into prison to save a death row inmate from getting executed. Yeah. It's amazing. It was an incredible It's such a good story. story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think Batman has a complicated view of the law and he will choose justice every time. And I don't think that Batman views the death of criminals as justice. Yeah. I'm saying he's anti death penalty. There you go. There you go. Let's get to these last two voicemails. We miss these guys while we were talking to other peeps. Hey guys, it's Bobby, uh, the nitpicker down in Florida. I'm uh, just calling to answer about the comic series that stuck the landing. Uh, before I do that, I'll just say uh, happy birthday to Matt. All right, all uh, right. <laughs> a couple of years ago, I went on a big Garth Ennis binge. So I think there are two that could really do it. Preacher was one of them, but I'm going to put it with uh, Hitman. I think it's the stronger series. And the, the ending, I just have liked more. So thanks. Hitman had a great ending. I, I love the ending of Hitman. Hard for me not to go with Preacher, though. The end of Preacher. You know what? Oh. I love Preacher, oh. and I think it's a great ending, oh. but it does have a bit of a... It has a bit of a cop-out. What are you talking about? In the about? sense that like, there are characters that should not have made it out of the finale of Preacher. And they all end up with happy endings anyway. Well, yeah, it ends like a cheesy I, western. I get, right, and I get it, and that's the theme of it. Yeah. But Hitman ends the way that you know that it must. Right. Like, those characters... I don't want to say too much, because I'm constantly telling people to read Hitman. Yeah. But Hitman ends in the way that can only happen for a char- for characters like Tommy and, and his friend Nat. Yeah. It's um, not supposed based to be, on the lives that they lead. It's not supposed to be a happy ending. <laughs> and But it's still such a great, touching ending. Um, it was very good. Garth yeah. Ennis is really good at it's summon stuff yeah. up like that. I, like I don't want a bad mouth preacher. I do. I do really love preacher, I and love I love the end of preacher. preacher. And I, I get it. that like it's they're they're literally riding off into the sunset. Yes, it was wonderful. Um, but yeah, there's there's just a little part of it that it's like okay, but Cassidy's alive. How oh, shut up! Could, Cassidy's Cassidy. great. Cassidy died. He's, he's a flawed character. Like, he got ex- didn't he like get exploded? Well, yeah, <laughs> he, but he's a vampire. Yeah, I get it, but like, not only did he not die, but he was cured. There's rules. Because uh, he's like watching of. the sun, right? He's in the sun. He's watching. Yeah, but he's sun. burning while he's watching. It. No, not in the Wasn't end. Was he smoldering? No. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. He sort of got better. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, like, it, there's all this. There's this cosmic reset, right? Because God made him better. The saint of killers has taken over heaven. Yeah. There's a cosmic reset, and everybody gets to ride off into the sunset happily. Yeah. Um, or at least a second chance. Sure, sure. That was and, the whole thing. I just, I think I prefer the finale of Hitman the way that ended in the, in the way that those characters. I like the end of Hitman too. Now shut up so we can get to Kyle from San Diego's call. Ah, hey, thank Joe you, Bobby. Matt, it's Kyle calling from San Diego. Um, I was just calling to answer the question of the week. Uh, for me, I just finished rereading Preacher and I think that really stuck the landing. There we go. Uh, that's probably... 
one of my uh, favorites that, that really kind of stuck the landing. I think there's way too many that go on for too long. And I think that uh, when a creator sees a, a natural end, I think we should really encourage that. That's why when I heard Robert Kirkman uh, wanted to end Invincible, uh, I think that's that's a perfect he, – he has he's, he's got a really good ending for that. I think that's a perfect place for him. And if he wants to end it there, I think that's really what we should do instead of having all of these – other titles that are just kind of dragging along because they're still selling and profitable, but you know, the quality is going down. Um, I also just really want to say, I really enjoy your reviews. I pick up so many uh, comics that I would never have picked up before. Um, and I really want you to keep it up. Uh, I, I really love it. I've picked up Flintstones, which I really love. I've picked up, uh, this week, I just picked up Kill the Minotaur, and nice. I picked up Shirtless Bear Fighter, um, and these are comics that I would have never picked up. So uh, I really love it. Thank you, guys, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Kyle, we live to serve, brother. Yes. It's, it is our pleasure. Thank you, Kyle. Um, you know, again, Preacher, great series, great ending. Not denying it. Yeah. It's a good answer. Oh, yeah. Thank you to everybody that called in. This was awesome. Yeah. It's a good question. And yeah, I think every, we get, we, too often we get pretty negative about our questions, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Who's the mean, worst? Yeah. Who's the dumbest? Well, I, which one's the ugliest? That's not true. <laughs> I go out of my way to avoid questions. Like that. <laughs> if you could body shame one hero, who would it be? The blob. <laughs> what a fatty. <laughs> Flatman. Are you kidding me? I'd body shame the hell out of Flatman. <laughs> what is your problem? Uh, well, sum it up. Um, well, okay. So we both said our answers were Starman. Yeah. Uh, favorite caller. Favorite caller. Domingos. You're going with Domingos. Yeah, because he picked my answer. All right, I'm gonna go with Zach because I like the He-Man talk. Yeah, I love it when people hijack the show. Yeah, call us and hijack us. You don't have to give the. You don't have to talk about anything in the news. You don't have to talk about Marvel blowing up the comic industry. You can just call and hijack the fucking show. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I like that too. Uh, yeah, I gave uh, Anthony the honor last week or the week before because he wanted us to talk about our homemade superheroes. There you go. So it's All fun right. time. Next week, I want some new callers. I want to hear from new callers. I know you're out there. You're listening like, I don't know if I should call. Just call. Listen to these other dorks. They're not doing anything special. Come on. Seriously. And, and you know, we help you out. We'll always hit the ball back to you. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> mean, you don't have to put sound effects in your call like Randy does. No, you don't. He's we, just he's just as a slick audio engineer. We can't. Yeah. Remember when he used to be terrible? We made that guy. No. We made that guy. No, no. You're welcome, Randy. <laughs> Randy has built, he's pulled himself up by his own bootstraps. Excelsior. Oh. <laughs> and that is it for TGN number 12. If you dig podcasts that discriminate against ginger men, you can subscribe to this show on iTunes or anywhere else you choose to collect your favorite podcast. against ginger men? Ron Howard. Yeah, but you agreed he's terrible. Remember, I didn't. You no, did. It's not what happened in front of God and the internet and everybody. THN is a listener-supported podcast, and we want to send a gamma irradiated thanks to everyone that supports us on PayPal and Patreon. I misspelled the hell out of irradiated, by the way. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, close enough. Wow. Without you, nerds, several different comic book satans would have devoured our black souls several hundred episodes ago. That's true. Before we go, a weekly shout-out goes to Anno Sionis. You can find him at 
Anno that guy Do on you remember? Twitter. I know that guy. Oh, yeah, but it's A-N-O. Anyway. Who is so tuned into the THN hive mind that he submitted the exact same onomatopoeia of the week that we used on last week's show. Mere moments after we recorded it. For those who don't remember, it was shaboom, shaboom, shaboom. Where do you, Ano? Keep the sound effects coming, but maybe shoot for before we record. Yeah, you know, like... Uh, that's something that's got to happen ahead of By Friday. Yeah, maybe by Friday. You know. <laughs> Until next time, true believers, remember to pre-order your comics or your retailer might shaboom, shaboom, shaboom your new comic pile. This is the Two-Headed Nerd signing off. You're going to have trouble selling them after that. Cue the Andrews promo! Enjoy movie scores. Do you like science fiction? Like fantasy. And do you like movies? Uh, uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. What happened? Uh, had a slight weapons malfunction, but uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Well, I have a podcast for you. Soundtrack Alley. It's a podcast where I take you on a journey through the time of my childhood and beyond to give you a glimpse into the world of movies, science fiction, fantasy, and other films that touch me on a personal level. You'll also enjoy interviews from film composers from famous movies from the past or even current times. Enjoy the interaction I have with guests on my show every so often, and check out other shows that share in guest spots. So sit back, relax, and let the soundtrack world wash over you, and check out Soundtrack Alley. You'll love it. Soundtrack Alley with Randy Andrews. Check it out.